So you were in Hollywood, yeah? Or North Hollywood? Did I hear, I heard, a, I heard a debate recently where that got said about four times to correct someone as to where you were located. Oh, was that Jesse Lee Peterson who kept oh, saying, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he kept saying West Hollywood to imply that oh. I'm gay because right. that's a gay neighborhood. <laughs> and then guess what? It just, I the news know. just broke that he is gay and a pedophile. So yeah, I isn't didn't hear that. that how that always works? Oh, maybe not a pedophile. I don't remember, but yeah, he's gay. Allegedly, 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 just to cover our bases. Honest held belief in broadcasting is what we say. Honest held belief. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. I've had an interaction, one of his underlings, a guy called James Hake, um, who does a show as well. And I had him on for a bit of a conversation. I do a daily news show as well called Big Hearing News. And on Friday night, sometimes we do like a singular issue. And I asked him on and we had a bit of a, it wasn't really a debate. It was a to and fro, you know, a bit of a long form conversation but it just turned into, it was absolute shitstorm. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love about watching you and um, yeah, to explain to people who you are from New Zealand, if they haven't come across you, I mean, you're huge 2 million subscribers uh, in, in the, oh, I guess all over the world, I was going to say in the US, but uh, Professor Dave explains on YouTube, um, science, education, uh, explanation. But one of the things I love about your channel is the the breadth of information there. You know, I see clips around political things, like there's one on Trump the other day. I see clips around things like uh, life in Italy and pizza and language and science and flat earth. So it feels like it's uh, it's your home for, I'm not trying to say it like a quote, it's your home for whatever. I mean, literally your home. Shop Dave's home. Dave's home for things that he's, that he's interested in and things he want to tell people about rather than necessarily being, you know, too narrow and deep. It's, it is narrow and deep, but it's, it's a bit wider than being too narrow. There's several things in there, which is, which is, is really fun to, uh, to watch. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I try to cast a pretty wide net. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I started with areas in my expertise, so obviously chemistry and then adjacent subjects. Uh, that's what I studied. That's what I taught. Um, but then I just got really obsessed with, um, trying to cover as many topics as possible, uh, hiring writers to, you know, help, help produce the content. And so now it's quite a behemoth of a channel after seven years at this point. So, yeah. And what I was going to say is I, one of the things I like about your style and I was relating it back to my conversation with one of the Lee Peterson's underlings was as your, your, your style of delivery, especially when you're talking to, uh, can I say an opposing view a view you don't agree with, and that couldn't be any clearer than uh, watching. It was a couple of months ago, um, but the conversation with uh, Flat Earth Dave, and um, just so much fun to watch. Um, you know, uh, do you know uh, there's a there's a, a British media personality called Carl Pilkington? Do you know Carl Pilkington? Have you heard that? Yeah, name? yeah. yeah. Uh, in Ricky Gervais's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, friend group there. Yeah, yeah. So people who don't know who Carl Pilkington, he's a lovable idiot. Um, he's actually a very creative, interesting person when he makes his own sort of content or art, however you want to word it. But the thing that Ricky Gervais found about Carl Pilkington was um, he was the funniest man he'd ever met and Carl didn't know. Like he didn't realize how funny he was. And when I watch The Flat Earthers, I kind of think about him because some of the stuff they just say is so hilarious and so funny and so, you know, out of the world, out of this world, literally and figuratively. Um, but they don't seem to realize it. And it feels like they're just a, a group of Carl Pilkingtons to me. Well, they're a, a million times more toxic. They're the worst, <laughs> they're the worst people. Um, and then most of them are lying. Uh, so they're not uh, just stupid. They're also malicious con men. So, so you um, think that's what it is in that world? You think they're really just, they're, they're con men grifting as opposed to people who authentically believe what they're saying? Yes. Yes. The primary figureheads. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, Nathan Oakley, Mark Sargent, I guess, uh, Flat Earth Dave, I'm looking at the other screen right now, Dearth, whatever his name is, all those sorts of guys are just yes. grifters. Yeah. See, to me, I kind of go, for me to grift, there'd have to be a decent amount of money in it. Is there really good money in and grifting that flat earth message do you think no but they're the dumbest they're the dumb grifters right if you're really if you're you can only you can only grift people that are dumber than you 
right? Yeah, right. And when you're that stupid, it's only flat earthers that you can take advantage of. If you're a really smart guy, if you're like an Andrew Wakefield or something, you can, uh, you know, he was a doctor and then he put out a fake study. And then, he, you know, it's like it, you have to be ha- have some kind of stature and uh, a, a, a mastery of a certain vernacular, a medical vernacular or something where you can trick a lot of people who don't understand medicine or physics or something like that. But these guys, yeah, I mean, they're committed to grifting, but they don't, you know, what, what are they going to do? <laughs> they don't have any knowledge with which to grift, right? So, so what you're saying is they're the bottom of the barrel and they're grifting yes. people who are under the barrel, basically. Correct. Yes, <laughs> that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. I want to I play people a little bit of the, um, of the conversation you had uh, with Flat Earth Dave because the, the style I'm talking about is I laugh so hard and I enjoy it so much. I mean, some people might think this is a negative for a debate, but your dismissive tone is just, it's, it's perfect, you know? We don't say that at all. You say no, that. you say the South Pole isn't real. We don't. We, Even we, though there's people who go there and work there. and People work at the South Pole. Yeah. Yeah, prove it, okay? so the, <laughs> You can get a job there. Did you know that? Civilians so, can get jobs. So, so the way it you works. Should, you should apply for one. I think that'd be a cool video for you to Dave, do. Dave, on your, on your upside-down world, on your ball world, uh, in the it's north, beautiful. Uh, Norway, in northern Alaska, we have the 24-hour sun in June. It's beautiful. Okay? Can- no, I mean, this is something that I'm interested in as well because I've had yeah. a few uh, podcasts and interactions with flat earthers. Um, and, I mean, I live in Dunedin in New Zealand. And I love that when you talked about not the Antarctic 24-hour sun, but you went to, I think it was Santiago or the bottom of South America, you, you, could, have done, yeah, yeah. you, you could have done Dunedin or you could have done Indicar, mm-hmm. bottom of New Zealand, the same yeah. argument. And it's just, I, I think I hear often guys like Simon Dan talking about Northern Hemisphere uh, bias because those of us who live, my next step south is Antarctica, where right. I live. It's like the, the, everything's ruined. The whole idea is ruined when I have 18 hours of sun or sunlight. You know, right. my sky is illuminated for 18 hours on our longest day. And yep. that's, that's the end of the conversation. So I find it hilarious. And um, I mean, it's never good to think about people grifting and taking advantage of people. But I guess if they're grifting the people under the barrel, I don't want to say they deserve it. But, you know, read other books or read other memes or read other tweets if that's all they're up to reading. Yeah, I mean, that's what my debunking content is for. Uh, I mean, I know that there's it's mainly educated people that find it amusing to watch someone educated dunking on flat earthers. Um, But many have have reclaimed their sanity from those debunks, because I like to make some of them really short and sweet, just focus on one irrefutable aspect of, uh, you know, one observation we can make about the moon or the stars or whatever it is uh, that just annihilates the concept of a flat earth and then yeah. it's a very short very easy to grasp and I, I definitely have had a lot of people say wow all right well okay sorry i was slipping a little bit into this paranoia but thank you for <laughs> rescuing me this is insane i mean there's i have uh, several of those as well like when they talk about the flat water on a body you know the water being flat on the same body of water i go well the west coast of auckland and the east coast of sydney that's one body of water it's called the tasman sea explain to me how those tides are at different levels and different heights and that kind of stuff it's the same body it might be a big body of water right and 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 when i said that asked out of mark Sargent, he talked about magnetic movement under the ocean so it was just like yeah when in doubt say magnet (laughs) that's what it is that's the fun but you you've really hit something that's the funniest part and i even said this to weiss and he he just brushed right by it he he could not respond is uh they have this obsession of oh you know look at it water in a glass it's flat look at water in a pool it's flat um you know so it has to all be flat well it's not flat even on your pizza land because of yeah. tides tides yeah. are little little mounds of water that are that are floating around magically yeah. and then you can say magnet and then it's all fine but um no it, most of these things are just uh, it's middle school level science i mean most people could wrap their head around the fact that everything is pulled towards the center of the earth by gravity so water will conform to the curvature of the earth because it's not one solid object right it's a bunch of water molecules they're all getting pulled to the center of the earth that's it that's the whole thing so. when you talked in that uh, about the the rotation of the suns on at the north pole to the south pole sorry the rotation of the stars north pole mm-hmm. to the south pole I was sitting there going, and and for people who aren't ensconced in this conversation, and I'm not saying I am, but it's like a cursory interest over to the side about how the the stars appear to spin in different directions on each 
access. That's I'm saying that correctly, eh? Like clockwise, counterclockwise. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, and there was a problem with that, and he pushed it away by just going, "Well, yeah, from the left to the right, or the right to the left." Yeah. And I had to kind of go, "Hang on, let me." So, so after right. that, I I stood in a room, and I spun my hand my hand up in the air like this, clockwise, mm -hmm. and then I turned ninety degrees to the right, and I was like, "Oh no, that's the same." And then I turned 90 degrees behind me. Oh, no, no, that's the same. And then I turned 90 degrees the other way. Oh, no, no, that's the same. Right. So I had to actually do it and watch it in my head to think about would that change in any direction that I looked from where I was standing right then. Put a clock on the ceiling. You don't have to spin your finger. Put a clock on the ceiling. Which way can you face that'll make the clock hands go yeah. uh, uh, counterclockwise? It's a clock. It goes clockwise, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he just, he, he, look, he knows he's wrong. <laughs> He knows he's wrong. And I, it's hard for me. I don't know where the hubris came from for him to accept the, the debate. Maybe he didn't know. He wasn't fully aware of how poorly it was going to go for him. But I cornered him so many times and he just he cannot respond to these airtight uh, points. Right. So he so he doesn't he'll make up a word and then run away or, or you know de desperately ask to change the subject but th this is how you know he's a grifter right if somebody is a truth seeker or really wants to have good faith conversations about natural phenomena why would they run away so desperately with their tail yeah. between their legs when they're proven wrong yeah you know? so yeah um i was one of the other ones that came up in that conversation that comes up fairly often is the idea about 24 hours of sun in antarctica uh, and i was lucky enough to interview anthony powell who's actually the guy who filmed the footage that they say is fake. Like the, 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 um, the clouds being the same in the background. Um, so I did a podcast like this. This is the green surrounds is the DOC podcast. The red surround is me doing a, a bit of a response video and I won't play the audio there. But after we did that podcast, I knew that there'd be some questions about it. So uh, Anthony sent me the raw footage from prior to the editing they did in the documentary. And so I got an opportunity to show the raw footage of the 24 hours of sun in Antarctica, mm -hmm. which is what's playing in the background now. And it's actually not 24 hours. It's 40 hours right. because they ran the thing for 40 hours. And I mean, they can cry foul. They can cry. It's fake. They can do, you know, trickery of the camera, but this is the raw footage of the, uh, the 24 hours that they say is edited and fake, which it was edited. It wasn't fake, but it was edited. Um, but yeah, so we put out that 40 hours just for, for a bit of a laugh because I thought it was an interesting way to, to stop that, stop yeah. that conversation. I mean, that's why I, that's why I fixate on those uh, very southern tips of the continents where people live because Antarctica, you know, anything that proves them wrong is fake. Any image of Earth from space is fake. Uh, the 24-hour sun thing in Antarctica is fake because the government, Antarctica, whatever, they can do their little song <laughs> and dance. But people live in Argentina. People live in New Zealand, right? You can go there and you can check it out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be 24 hours of sun. You can get 18 hours of sun and it does not make any sense on their little pizza land, right? There you yep. go. So so pick any region it, on, on the outer me. edge, right? Yeah, yeah there, there you are down there in Dunedin. And um, they have their sun kind of flying around, uh, around that disc. So they, they will need to get about three quarters, at least three quarters of that outer perimeter illuminated. So from the to the, yeah. Right. While the central areas are completely dark, right? Yeah, For big. example, Point Barrow, Alaska at that time will, will be experiencing 24 hour night, right? Yeah, which is easier, right? So imagine a sun on the other side of New Zealand, way on the other side of the disc, right? Yeah. But uh, oh, that's like in that, uh, in the, in that ocean over there, somehow illuminating new zealand but not anything in the middle right it just becomes nonsensical it com becomes completely insane so this is how the southern hemisphere everything about the southern hemisphere demolishes the flat earth because this is a this is a azimuthal projection map right this is a this is a projection of the globe it's actually a map like of that, the globe like that like and then out flat Exactly. Exactly. So, so the Northern hemisphere is okay. Kind of, uh, it does, it's not that bad, but then when you get to the edge, it's insane because all of that is supposed to meet at a point at the South geographical yeah. pole, but it's stretched out into this insane ring. So the distances become insane. Everything about seasons and day night becomes insane. And so they don't try, they just, they can't explain it. So they don't even try. And when people show, you know, expose how dumb it is, they just, you know, magnet this fake NASA that <laughs> whatever. Like, it's just 
they become little toddlers when you, well, the, when you shove the, it in their face. The thing I love about you talking about the bottom of the, um, uh, that's America, isn't it? I'm trying to get it. Yeah, that's America there. The bottom of uh, South America, the same as here in New Zealand. The thing that's cool about it is I live here. So I can mm -hmm. tell you on it, yeah. it's still, it's still light at 11.30 PM. It's not, it's not, it's definitely dusk at 11.30 PM, 11 PM. Like I've driven around our streets at 11.30 PM and turned my headlights off just to see if I could still see and, and could see easily mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, and this is the thing that it's, it's very similar to what you're saying, but what I haven't never heard from a flat earther, and I'm thinking about doing another response video. I, I probably won't because I'm bad that way. Is that when, when the sun and their model, uh, circumnavigates what we would think of as the sort of North pole, in winter, right? Mm -hmm. I have very short days in the bottom of the South Island down here. But when it circumnavigates the outer ring in yep. summer, I have very long days. Why when it's winter here and the sun on the on the if we call it the upper edge of the the circular the, the, the path the, around the, the north inner pole, path. Yeah, the inner yeah, path. Yeah. Is exponentially closer to my to where I live than where it is going around probably two thirds of the outer ring. Correct. Is it so much colder and so much darker? Because it's yeah. close. It's closer to where I am during that whole during the whole winter path. It's closer to me than it is for probably half to two thirds of the summer path of but every revolution around there. But it's Correct. darker and it's colder. Like, yeah. well, just explain it. That's what I like to do. Just explain it to me. Explain how that works. That's yeah. All. Well, halfway through that question, their their eyes glaze over and then they try to <laughs> change the subject. And they're incapable of having a conversation about any of these things. They won't do it because, well, they know they're wrong. I mean, it, to be honest with the, with some of these guys like Weiss and stuff like that, I think it's possible that they're dumb enough that they, they fell into it genuinely, but You're then, right. but then they started to like develop a little bit of like currency in the community uh, and that, you know, more subscribers and they're like, Oh, I'm like the guy that's going to lead this thing. And then they've just had it debunked to their face so many times. And they just, they have they have no like they can't like they know by now right but they this is their this is what they've chosen like for it's it's their income you know whatever meager income it is it's right. an, it's 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 not much but it's more than like you know stock and aisles at cvs or something or it's a it's like a it's a the same as a low-paying job and uh and they get this little oh i'm like a little celebrity in this yeah. dumb world and um they know they're wrong and they don't give it up. Yeah. That's, that's human nature. My one objective in my, uh, I was gonna say broadcasting career. It's not the case, but around this whole thing is I had an interaction with Nathan Oakley and, um, I was going to do it. The worst. And I invited, like a boy scout. I invited Nathan to come on to a debate with conspiracy cats. And I sent him an email and I asked if he wanted to come on and his response seven minutes after I sent it was thanks for your email. Count me in. I'll let you let me know when you have an opponent. I told him the opponent would be conspiracy cats. And from that point, and you, I'll just, I won't even go through it, through to the end of the email chain, got more and more and more abusive from him to me and more yeah. and more of him trying to back out of it without acknowledging that he backed out of it by setting terms and conditions. And all the way through, I was just like, look, dude, you can say no. You're allowed to say no. But he refused to say no. He said he would come <coughs> on under his terms and conditions, but he wouldn't say no because obviously then – He's declined debating conspiracy cats. Who, for people yeah. who don't know, no, cats is too smart. He won't. He won't face him. Um, um, but my, my he's objective harassed me too. But he won't. He won't meet anybody outside of his channel because yeah. on his channel he can mute people. And when people start debunking him, he just mutes them and then yells my, over them. So my objective is he then went online and told a whole bunch of lies about what I'd said to him in the interaction and what he said to me. So that's why I put up the whole email chain, mm -hmm. every word of it without editing um and my objective is to when anyone searches his name that seo kicks in and this becomes the top search result that's my objective is great to get that yeah humiliate him he, he's like the worst of all of them he's just like the he's such a little child it's really hilarious um i came across you two or three years ago and i came across you a year after you'd done your first flat earth kind of video and I remember you saying something in the second video, which was like, well, you know, uh, about 12 months ago, I did a flat earth video and it's my highest rating video. So I guess it's about time to do another one. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering from what you do, because you've got some serious credentials behind you when it comes to you know, science and education, including a master's, including teaching experience. Um, 
is there a concern from you at any stage at this flat earth thing, which I could talk to you about for two hours, but mm -hmm. that it might kind of overwhelm the other stuff you're doing and become, you know, you're known as the flat earth debunker as opposed to being known as the science. Yeah. Well, I, I, unfortunately I'm becoming known as just the debunker in general uh, because right. I've long ago, I mean, I still kind of flirt with flat earth here and there because it's so yep. funny and yep. people really <laughs> like it. Um, and I get a lot of views and that's great. Um, but no, I've moved on to debunking a lot of, of other things. So a lot of, um, like uh, creationism, intelligent design propaganda. Yeah. So I'm fighting against um, religious propaganda, uh, electric universe, anti-vaxxers, quantum mysticism. So I'm really just, I've become a pretty general debunker and any kind of pseudoscience or uh, science, scientific disinformation that I feel is uh, worthy of addressing and neutralizing, I go after that. So I, I've, I've got a bit of a reputation now as a debunker in general. Um, everyone, you know, the flat earth stuff is classic, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to be known for the, <laughs> the, those things that are a, a more serious threat to society. So, so that is, so that's something you would, you wear that hat proudly, the, the, the threat being the debunking of things like anti-vaccine. Yeah, because, yeah. because the flat earth, although I'll, I'll tell you a story about the flat earth, I've done two podcasts with Flat Earthers, one with a New Zealand one and one with Mark Sargent, um, because it fascinates me. And I think, oh, it's pretty harmless. You know, there's some things that are pretty harmless. You know, what do you think of what happened uh, with JFK? With theories, doesn't really change anything. But when we had uh, the Christchurch massacre here, the mosque where 51 people got gunned down, um, I was in some New Zealand Flat Earth Facebook pages there. And then I saw enough of enough people in that group to give me concern about, oh, this is not real. This is a false flag event. And I went, oh, yeah. shit. Um, the, the, the flat earther, which seems to be a fairly innocuous, you know, theory that doesn't really hurt anyone. I mean, I don't, you know, they talk about gateway drugs. I know it's actually a debunked theory, but the idea of getting into something which seems less serious, yeah, but then moving into more yeah. serious. Well, because it, it, it uh, flat earthers believe in all conspiracies, right? If, if every government and every institution and all of science and everything, if every authority is lying to us at all times, then of course you're going to like, there is no flat earther that is like pro vaccine or something like that. It doesn't right. happen. Right. They, they, everything is a lie. Everything from, from every direction is a lie. So, you know, yeah, that event was staged and you know, whatever it is, it, it's, it's um, so it's, it's, it's certainly problematic in the sense that it is like, yeah, flat earthers are, are, are espouse every other conspiracy theory imaginable. It's not as big of a deal in the sense that there's not that many of them. I mean, there's like, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000 max flat earthers in the world. Like, there's not that many, right? You can tell by the by the analytics, like the the even the like the the bigger flat earth YouTube channels, like when they live stream and stuff you can see how many people are, are tuning in. It's not that many. So, you know, um, it's not as big as, of a problem as other things. But, uh, but you know, I, I like to adopt this attitude of just you know, any kind of misinformation, any kind of, uh, you know, pseudoscience, any kind of, uh, you know, anything in this space is worth debunking. You know, there's a lot of it. So let's all divvy it up, myself and other debunkers. You know, we will go at it collectively, but, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did flat earth to death and I'm done with it, but yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot more, there's a lot more to, to talk about. So, and, and look, I don't mean to sound like a bit of a capitalist here, but it's also, this is your, this is your job and this is your business and obviously views count for something. Sure. So surely, surely do you ever go through the process of this will, this will be good for views, which will be good for revenue, which will be good for business. Or do you always approach it from this needs to be done? This needs to be debunked. This needs to be addressed. I, I'm I'm pretty much just debunk what I want to debunk. I, I mean, the, the debunks in general do get a lot of views. They get probably 10 times more views than my academic tutorials, um, which is fine with me because I do think it's an important service. Um, yeah. But I mean, like I'm doing I'm doing like the Discovery Institute and all this religious propaganda and like those get a lot of views too. I mean. Not, not quite as many, you know, the Globusters debunk is like over 10 million views. <laughs> but, um, you know, if I can get half a million views in a month or two, you know, it's pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm satisfied with that. And so uh, I just kind of go down the line and 
you know, I have like a little, I have like a word document with like targets that I'm interested in covering. And nice. every month or two, I pick one and you know, go to town on it. And so, so what does your work week look like? You know, so how does that, how does that pan out Monday to Friday? Like, yeah. are you putting out multiple videos? Are you like, you talked about scripting and stuff before this yeah. is your full-time gig, but I saw an announcement not long ago about doing a documentary with the BBC as well. What is, what is, what does Dave's day look like? Uh, so I just, I mean, I, I, I just work all the time. <laughs> work is my default. So I, I, I like, I wake up and I'm working. I take breaks to do other things like exercise or whatever I want to do, but I'm, I'm, I'm a workaholic. So I'm here at the computer. Right. Uh, I mean, I, if, if I'm writing, I'm writing and I might be writing for a week. And if I'm doing post-production, I'm doing post-production. Most of the time I'm doing post-production because that's the most, time-consuming part of the process. Uh, so I have my laptop here, which I'm talking to you on. I write on this, uh, and then I have my desktop computer over here where I have Adobe Suite. I use Adobe After Effects and Premiere. Uh, I mean, so there's really, it's just whatever needs to get done, whatever's next in the pipeline. Um, sometimes I'm multitasking. Uh, uh, there's also a lot of managerial stuff because I employ writers. Uh, I employ one animator to help with, with, uh, some of the animation, uh, stuff that is non-science topics where they don't need any expertise to be able to figure out the imagery. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, in all other aspects of running a business, I, it's, it's an S corporation and I'm this like the one, I, it's just me. So, you know, everything about taxes and, you know, all the financial aspects and, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> How long has YouTube been sort of full time? Uh, I mean, it was full. I mean, uh, I started in January, 2015 and honestly around the summer of 2016, I started treating it as a full-time job, even though I wasn't earning, uh, enough money to right. do that. I, I was taking contracts for other contract, uh, other content creation websites would see my content and ask for so but i would basically just be working two full-time jobs i would be working like 70 80 hours a week um doing doing both so i could grow the channel and still have you know be able to pay rent and things like that uh i'd say around fall 2019 was the first time that the adsense revenue was uh more than rent and bills so that was a big turning point it was like okay all right i can like i got something to stand on i you know i have something under my feet i can i can breathe i can pay my bills uh, I can start to take a little bit less of the uh, of the contract work. And now I take almost none uh, unless it's really a lot of money. I just I don't have time. I don't want to do that. Um, and now, you know, years later, and especially with the with the big shift towards online learning uh, because of the pandemic, that was a nice big bump. And now it's 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 really an enviable amount of passive income. So I can uh, oh. you know hire people and I can I have you know, a lot of room to breathe and. I don't have to worry about, yeah, I don't have to worry about money really at all. So, such a fantastic place to be in, yeah. It's amazing. Do, I mean, they, they, what's that? What's that old saying? Uh, find find what you love to do. You will never work another day in your life. Must oh, be. It must be something like that. No, it's work. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's work, and sometimes it's very tedious, and 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 uh, it's it it is hard. But but the thing is, working for yourself is great, right? I I can't work for other people. I'm a very bad employee. Um, because I cannot motivate myself to, to generate wealth for other people. Right. I, it's like that part in office space where he says, uh, you know, you only work hard enough to not get fired. Right. What's yeah. the point? Yeah. Um, that's how I felt in most jobs. The only job where I didn't feel that way is the one job where I was teaching organic chemistry at a university because I felt pretty fulfilled by that. And I felt that it was a skill that I was developing that was going to be that, that, that I really enjoyed having. And in fact, that was what allowed me to start the channel. So, uh, that, that was, yeah, that was fortuitous. Um, but most jobs, yeah, it's just, you know, what do I, what, what do I care about this? Um, but when I'm, when, when I'm working on my channel, the harder I work, the more successful I become. There's a direct correlation. Uh, so yeah, that, you know, for that, I can be a workaholic and, and I, yeah. I, I enjoy every minute of it, every minute of it in the sense that I feel that I'm building something that's special and mine as yeah. opposed to, you know, I couldn't work this hard for somebody else. No way. Absolutely not. Um, it must be nice, yeah, because the, the more work you put in, the more you reap, and you're reaping it for yourself as well. That's right. Um, I talk to YouTubers, I don't know if that's an offensive term, 
<laughs> I talk to people no who have yeah. <laughs> whatever on no. the internet. I think sometimes it's a bit like influencer, you know, YouTuber. Some people use it that yeah. sort of way. Influencer so. I don't like, but YouTuber, <laughs> I make content and put it on YouTube. It's a perfectly good noun noun to use. And I love talking to the people who are in different stages of where they're going through. Because, I mean, I guess that's what I do as well. I do a, a news show that plays every night at 10 p.m. here in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're microscopically small and I get quite frustrated sometimes. And I'm like, oh, why aren't we getting bigger? But then I think actually... The American market is 50 times the size of the New Zealand market. I'm doing New Zealand news, New Zealanders. If I actually multiplied all these numbers by 50, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'd be that. I mean, it's not, it's, it doesn't, doesn't get me the revenue, but I'd be pretty excited if I multiplied these numbers by 50 and I was sitting in San Francisco rather than Dunedin or something. So I'm but like, multiply okay. the competition by 52. That's actually very true. Thank you for it's just tough. smashing my little illusion. It's <laughs> gonna, was gonna it's... go. It is a it's a big pond out there, man. It's it's rough. It's 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 not like when I started in 2015, it was it was much more sparse. I mean, there were only two or three channels making organic chemistry tutorials. Wow. And uh, I think that mine were the best of them. And so that's really what got the ball rolling. I think if I started in 2019, it'd be a different story. I don't know. I don't know how well it would have gone. So, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. You're um I was thinking as well before about what you said about just a, such a small number of flat earthers. Does that mean therefore some of the Facebook groups or the channels that are larger are basically mostly populated by people like me who think it's fucking hilarious and want to go there for a laugh rather than people who actually believe or buy into it? Because there's some pretty big Facebook groups out there and stuff, yeah. flat Earth ones. Yeah, or bots. I mean, I mean, there's right. it's it's uh, on many on many forms of social media. It is certainly possible to inflate your numbers. Uh, I mean, Facebook and Instagram. I think, in particular, I don't know. I'm not an expert with social media or anything, so I don't know how that works. But I mean, the the to me, the metric is the view counts on these live streams that the flat earthers do. Because if you're a flat earther, this is your entire identity. Like right. This is who you are. This is what you spend your time thinking about and, 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 and consuming. This is the content you consume. And so when you have one of the biggest flat earthers, like even that guy Oakley, like he does a thing every day. He gets like, I don't know, 5,000 views or something. I don't know how many. I mean, it's not many. So it's like, how many flat earthers can there be? Uh, you know, it, it, it can't be a lot. So, yeah. Your channel that uh, you're running at the moment, which has got a lot of uh, conversation, obviously around science and that. Where do you want to go with it? Like, like I, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't play the kind of game of, oh yeah, I like that clip that you did. But you've done one fairly recently on Trump, and I think I heard you in maybe a podcast talking about wanting to maybe delve more into sort of political conversations as well. Where do you, where do you want to drive it to? What do you want to do with it? Uh, well, so, I mean, that was actually an American history tutorial. So I did an American history series, uh, one video per president from Washington to Trump. So, uh, that was actually just history. It wasn't really politics per se. Um, I mean, I, 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 politics is a big quagmire and it, and it brings you a lot of, uh, a lot of trolls and a lot of, you know, negative attention. So not really dying to do that, except from an academic perspective. So I'm doing economics content right now. I plan to do political science content. Um, So yes, I want to cover every topic that there is from a academic perspective. I don't really intend to do political commentary. Um, That's just, it, it's not where my strengths lie and it's not what my viewers want to see. They, they want to be educated, not hear opinions so um are you a bit stuck in america because there seems to be such a you know a venn diagram Mm -hmm. like like you know if you're if you're conservative on the right it's harder to believe you know some of the science coming out about things like covid and vaccine and that kind of stuff so it's like when science content becomes political how do you how do you address that or is that something you just if it becomes political you just stay away from it altogether no, I it if if it's science, it's science, and I and I cover science, and I make sure that any trolls that harass me, uh, I I will tell them aggressively if necessary. Science is not politics. You've just politicized science because you follow 
a, a source of propaganda, right? Somebody's trying to propagandize you against science. That's why you think science is political, right? Uh, climate change is not political. Things about yeah. gender and gender identities is not inherently political. It's a biological. I mean, then there's how it gets implemented into society that could be viewed as political. But, you know, if I make a video talking about, uh, you know, sex versus gender and gender identity, things like that, I'm coming at it from a neuroanatomical perspective yeah. uh, and then you have this sea of alt-right trolls that uh descends upon the content it's much worse than anything i've ever seen um you know telling me to to stick to science this is science you're <laughs> pretending it's not science i don't care if you don't understand that biology is science it is these are these are biological phenomena and i'm explaining them to you and you're denying them you know so uh, but it's an enormous problem. It's an enormous problem. And uh, unfortunately, it is largely on the right. Um, I mean, the left, the left has a lot of like anti-vaxxers. The, the, see, the, the left is biased against corporations and the right is biased against government and yeah. corporations and everything yeah. else. Yeah, but yeah. So the people on the left, are, I think, are susceptible to uh, propaganda against like the medical establishment and things like that. Um, whereas the right is susceptible to that and everything else. I mean, it's really, it's really bad on the right. So I'm not going to pretend that those on the left are not ever propagating any, any kind of propaganda. They certainly are at times, but it's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a relatively unilateral issue. <laughs> it's, uh, unfortunately. I'll tell you something. I was speaking to a scientist uh, during the, I mean, the, it feels like the last 20 years has been the pandemic, but during the, the height of, of the pandemic, maybe 18 months ago, called Stephen Lewandowski. Um, I think he's an Australian academic who was based in the UK, and I was talking to him out of Berlin. It's on one of the podcasts. I, I know you're a busy man, but I'll send you a link, and you'll be able to see what he's mm -hmm. got to say. It doesn't matter what I've got to say, but what he's got to say. And we were talking about vaccines and that because it was, you know, apropos due to the pandemic, the what was going on. And he's done a bunch of research on people who deny climate change. And he's he says you can draw a direct comparison. It's the same arguments for people who deny things like the vaccine and that. And his position was, because I I know a lot of people like, you know, homeschooler, left-wing hippies and stuff who are all anti, anti-vaccines and anti, you know, um, putting metals in my body and that kind of yep. stuff. And I was saying to him, but is it really, is it really all the right wingers? You know, like, is it, that's where it's coming from. And he said, if you lined up, you know, 500 people in a room, all of who were anti-vaxxers, you wouldn't be able to find the left wingers, according to his research. You just wouldn't be able to find them. They are there. In the climate deniers or? Yeah, but, but both. Because he, he, he drew uh -huh. on his, uh, drew on his conclusion from the climate change and took it into that same research he was doing. He took it into okay. anti-vaxxers. Um, and he was saying that, and the name, the words just jumped out of my head, like a, um, the word for capitalist, a capitalist uh, look at the world, which the names just popped out of my head. Mm -hmm. um, but but there's a really direct correlation between, you know, the capitalist look at the world, and also the denial of scientific evidence, because in things like climate change, if if it's if it's acknowledged then they have to do something about it. And if they have to do something about it, it could impact their bottom line. And I don't know whether it's his term. I think it might be, but he coined a phrase in that conversation to me about, he called it motivated cognition. And um, he explained it, and I'm sure you know this, but for other people listening or watching, you know, if, if person A has a conclusion and you put evidence in front of them that disputes that conclusion, then just find, they just find a different path to the same conclusion. And you see that with flat earthers all the time, that they... Mm -hmm. You know the the spinning the spinning stars, but we don't look at the stars to see what's under our feet. Mm -hmm. You know, well, um, you Mark should, it works. Yeah, Mark Sargent said to me about when I talked about the twenty four hours of sun, he went maybe multiple light sources like this theory I'd never heard before, and all my sort of lookings around. But just like that, he came up with a different way to get to his same conclusion of yeah. of, of the flat Earth. You know, but he's grasping at straws. I mean, you can see it in that guy's eyes. Like he's like, man, I'm in so deep. Like I've been lying <laughs> for so long. They've done like body language analysis on that guy, and it's just like, oh my god, he so clearly knows he's lying all the time. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the unfortunate thing is that propaganda is very good at um, creating a sense of identity uh, because once you have 
adopted a narrative and and developed an identity around it, it becomes very hard to right it's not just like oh i heard this oh you heard something else well gee i'm not sure no it's like this is who i am and this is the content that i consume and this is what i am like um and so uh on, unfortunately uh, right-wing propaganda is phenomenal at that it's very 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 good it's very effective at uh, getting these people to deny uh, any fact, uh, any aspect of reality that they're that they're that they're trying to to weaponize. Right. If they want to. OK, cl climate change isn't real because it is inconvenient to uh, to to commerce. Right. We don't want to change yeah. the way we generate energy. So guess what? It's it's a, it's a, it's a lie. It's fake. Right. We're in the post-truth era. It's it's fake news. Anything. If you don't like something, it's fake news. End yeah. of story. Um, and if you can get people, if you can if you can elicit a, a sense of tribalism from someone and get that really, really deep in that lizard brain, then yep. facts don't matter. Facts don't matter. It's my tribe. It, it has nothing to do with facts. So um, it's it's tricky. It's very tricky. I'm not going to pretend I have any uh, any really firm answers here other than what I'm doing is to just very systematically target and debunk as many things as I can. And of course, a huge percentage of the people who fall for that will not budge. But if I can get some of the outliers, that may have a trickle down effect. Um, but we got to do something. You know, there's a lot of propaganda out there. How how can it be neutral? It's not going to be neutralized by doing nothing. Right? You have to put out content yourself that 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 addresses and neutralizes these things um especially the especially the propaganda that is trying to take the guise of a more academic more fact-based uh approach people who fall for that are more likely to be receptive to to other fact to actual facts right um the people who are just like oh trump is blah 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 that's just like okay there's no i i don't know how to help you um but uh you know i the the that's what i'm dealing with with the uh with the creationism stuff with the intelligent design stuff is the current movement right now is to appear very scholarly and scientific so yeah, they have right. this very small handful of people with actual degrees but they're ultra religious and they just lie they just lie 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 all day about right. science but they do it with this scholarly tone and look at this paper but i'm just gonna lie about it and this molecular biologist uh, biologist says this but he's just lying but they they give it this aura of legitimacy and so uh, the best way to to neutralize that influence is to just show the science, right? Here's he's lying right there. Here's how I know. Look at this paper. Like they'll they'll misquote a paper or, or quote mine a paper. I'll just show the paper and go. They played this thing. They showed this line. This is not what the paper says. Look at the rest of the paper. This is what the paper says. They're lying to you. Yeah. And I'll just do it over and over and over and over again. And so. You know, an enormous percentage will not watch the video. They comment on the video. Oh, you're a shill. You know, you're an idiot. You didn't even watch this. But definitely some percentage, the the uh, the veneer starts to crack. Right. This veneer of legitimacy starts to crack when people are presented with actual facts and actual science. Um, you know, it, it, if you are open, if you're open, it's actually very easy to see. It's only to the closed mind where there, it continues to rage in their in their heads. You know, this cognitive dissonance. But um, somebody's got to do it. So I'm, I'm trying my best. I don't know what impact I'm having, but it's more than zero. <laughs> so I will keep I'll keep going. It is. And look, I think the other thing is, uh, and when we talk about our daily news show, what we try and do is, like, so we don't talk to our government um, about the COVID response. We talk to the people in the labs. We talk to the academics and the scientists. So that's who we have on to talk to. Mm -hmm. Because what we want to just do is be able to put information out there. We talk about leading a horse to water. You know, that's one of the things we try and do with our news content. We do offer opinion as well. But we, we always try and make sure we put the facts out as well. So we put the facts out and we offer an opinion, but we definitely try and get the facts out there. And I think what you do when you say you don't know how much you're doing is you're also helping, you know, the, the me's of the world mm -hmm. um, who, who might be in the same camp, but may not have thought about something in a certain way or yeah. understand how to communicate something in a certain way. Right. So you are still acting as, as an educator or a teacher in some ways by giving us information to yeah. then be able to use with our friends and family 
Whereas you may not be the direct person to talk to, you know, Uncle Tom on his Facebook page, but you might give that information to someone else who talks to Uncle Tom, which is I who think really is in his personal me. sphere. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I want to arm people with the talking points and the rebuttals uh, to disseminate this uh, in their own personal spheres. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this question makes sense, but I'll ask it anyway. What do you do? And I'm thinking particularly of gender issues when it appears, remember I'm in, I'm, I, I often say I like being the dumbest person in the room, right? Mm-hmm. I love that because it means I get a chance to learn. So from the dumbest person in the room right now, what do we do? How do we move forward? How do we find consensus when it appears that sometimes science disagrees? And the example that I often think about is the social sciences will say one thing about gender. The biological sciences will say something else about gender. You've got a bunch of academics all in various scientific seats saying completely opposing things sometimes. Mm-hmm. How, do, how, do, how do us dumb guys in the room deal with that when we're trying to transverse this information and figure it out as well? Yeah, it's a good question. It's hard to say. I mean, uh, if you're not an expert in either field, you kind of have to sit back and, and, and just listen and absorb all the information. But what I found is that the, the, the disinformation and the hateful rhetoric uh, is not favoring one of those narratives over the other. It's disregarding both and right. just making up whatever, whatever hateful rhetoric they want. Uh, so with the gender stuff, I mean, it's not that they're upholding biological science over social science. They're not. They're ignoring biological science as well. Uh, all I had to do in a video was flash half a dozen of papers that are that are studying uh, the correlation with with specific neuroanatomical features, certain nucle- certain brain nuclei uh, and their relationship to to sexuality, gender identity, uh, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, to just show like, look, this is an active area of research. We know that there, we know that there is, uh, that there's a, a biological basis for gender identity. And so when they jump off on their Fox news talking points of, oh, you liberals say there's 92 genders, but no, no, we're not, what are you talking about? Like it, you have to have the same conversation that we're having, right? Yeah. You, you can't knee jerk over to your straw man of the, of the, of the discussion just to maintain this uh, false sense of superiority. Uh, if you want to talk about biology, let's talk about biology, you know, but if you, if you don't pretend that you're upholding biology by ignoring it. Right. So for such a long time, this conversation is, I've been interested in it. It feels like it's hard to say the different sides because I'm sure there's dozens of perspectives, but you know, in general, the different sides of this conversation have been talking past each other so much. And it felt, it's felt like to me as someone who is a communicator um, is that we, I don't know if we don't have the words yet to have this conversation, honestly, but we haven't come to an agreement on what the words mean. And I think your video actually kind of touched on that a little bit about the origins of various words, what they mean and how they've, how they've come. Um, And the example that I often use, from New Zealand is recently our government made it that you could self-identify your sex on your birth certificate. And at the end of that, the politician who was the champion for that and put it through, got up and said really loudly and really passionately, finally, people will be able to identify on their birth certificates with the gender they uh, associate with. And I was like, but that's, that's not the law we've just changed. Yep. What we've just changed is that they can identify with their sex and, and you're celebrating that they can identify with their gender. They're dif- different. So, and there's lots of examples of that, how the words we're using at the moment, it feels to me, and look, I, I'm not in that community. So I'm, I'm not the expert, obviously, but I guess from someone who wants to learn and tries to learn and wants to understand until we even sort of agree, when I say we, I guess we're talking about in common vernacular, what the words mean, how can we mm-hmm. even figure out what that, what yes. that's going to work? Yes, there is a lot of confusion, and that's that's the main problem, and that's why I initially made uh, what I thought to be a, a relatively innocuous video, kind of commenting on on the confusion on both sides that was centered around, yeah, mainly this confusion about these words, sex and gender, what do they mean, that they're not synonymous. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I think that, that, that the confusion is being perpetuated, and that's part of the reason, like, uh, you know, I, I thought I'd get a lot of hate from the left for defending Dave Chappelle, uh, because a lot of liberals are really upset with him. Um, and I tried to acknowledge that uh, that he is, is using problematic language, but he's using it 
uh, ignorantly. He's using it accidentally. Right. He's using gender as sex, right? He doesn't understand that there's a difference. Um, and this is what's going on on the right as well. That's, you know, I got very little pushback from the left of that first video. And instead, right. I got descended upon by the alt-right, who is like, Dave, what is a woman? And, oh, I mean, first of all, I was all Dave's a pedophile. Dave's a groomer. Dave's a cuck and all this ridiculous crap. I just I had to turn off comments. It was so bad. It was just every five seconds, uh, a troll comment. But, um, you know, uh, them it completely ignoring the nuance of what I was explaining between the chromosomal basis of sex, which honestly isn't 100 percent accurate anyway, uh, versus the the neuroatomic, the neuroanatomical uh, basis for gender and just continuing to steamroll with, uh, oh, you know, if it has a penis or if it has a vagina, that's it. End of story. I was like, well, it's not. I'm, I'm sorry. I know that you want to live in this in this world like when you were when you were a child and everything is black and white and everything uh, makes perfect sense. But that's not how it is. It, it, yeah. It's not human anatomy and human physiology is very complicated. And and these are these are biological uh, phenomena, right? These are aspects of, of human anatomy and physiology. They're not simple. And uh, you can either deal with that like an adult or you can continue <laughs> ranting like a like a little toddler. But I'm going to you know push back against it. So this guy, Matt Walsh, this idiot. Uh, you know, he's getting a, a lot of attention now for this documentary. What is a woman? And, you know, Dave, you can't you can't define it. It's like, well, I did. I did in the video. I don't know what you want me to do. Um, so this one was was pretty light. Uh, but then in my response to him, I got went deeper because this is what happens. I usually like with my first flat earth video, I made an innocuous little video and then the globe busters attacked it. So I eviscerated them. Uh, and the same with James tour. And then now with Matt Walsh too, where I get attacked and then I just lace into somebody. So unfortunately I don't think too many of his uh, followers caught the response, although they pretended to. Um, but uh, no, it, 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 with even more clarity went through the, uh, the, 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 the basics of the biology of this topic. Um, yeah, there I'm just comparing it to, uh, you know, homosexuality. Basically, the, the rhetoric around trans people right now is mirroring the, the language around homosexuality, you know, 40, 50 years ago. You know, how can this be? Men are men go and women. That's all, the only way. Right. That's how it is. So, you know, sexuality and gender identity are not, are not they're not the same thing, but uh, I'm just talking about the correlation in terms of the public reaction to yeah. having to be challenged with their concept of, 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 uh, of, of human biology, right? Sexuality is also a biological construct and there are gay people and they are born gay. They don't choose to be gay. It's the same way that, uh, you know, a man isn't sitting around going, Hmm, I think I'll be a woman now and invite this mountain of hatred this tidal wave of hatred every day of my life. Why, why would I do that? Uh, no, again, it is something that is inborn and is uh, ultimately genetic, although not can't be reduced simply to the sex chromosomes. It's a much more complex uh, phenomenon, but it is neuroanatomical and it's, uh, it's not chosen, right? And has nothing to do with 92 genders or anything like that. We're just talking about a gender identity, either aligning or not aligning with uh, chromosomal sex and, and the genitals. So. It seems that that conversation and the language around it is a little bit in flux at the moment. And I mean, the idea, like like the same conservative people would acknowledge that the word gay, the definition of the word gay has changed over the last 50 or 100 years, but mm -hmm. don't seem to be able to acknowledge that the definition of the word woman. Like if you said, if, if Matt Walsh went and did the same video, what is gay? He's very unlikely to get someone say, oh, happy person, you know, right. but... You know what I mean? Because that's not what it means today. And that's what I'm talking about, the evolution of language. It seems that right now, like literally right now in 2022, we're in this evolution of language around gender and we probably won't really know everything we need to know how to communicate that yeah. until we get to the end. At some point, there would have been some day in the past where all of a sudden no one referred to the word gay as happy. I don't know when that was, but there would have been a day you know, mm -hmm. or a week or a month or a year yeah. where all of a sudden that had completely flipped over. I think we're in that moment right now with yes. these conversations around gender. And at some day in the future, you know, either male and female will be locked in and they will be, they will be sex and they will be whatever it is. And woman and man and any other definition of the word gender will be 
I don't want to be dismissive and say like a costume you can put on, like it's like it's not genuine, but be much more fluid to use that term. And it won't yeah. be seen as so concrete as maybe sex will be, but we're not we're not at the end of that conversation yet. Right. And and the point is that, yes, these are all words that we've made up and we get to decide what they mean. And if you yeah. want to insist, if you want to just fight against uh, 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 linguistics and, and, and insist that sex and gender must be synonymous, which I don't think they ever were, but certainly at a time there was a time where they may have been perceived as such. We can invent a new word. We can all just invent a new word and, and, and assign it to this phenomenon that we are currently using the term gender identity to describe. But these are the same people that are pushing back against any kind of change. And this idea of using different, you know, their, the pronouns, and they just they hate change. They hate modifying language. They like things exactly the way they know them. And that's it. So I, they're not going to be receptive to to developing new language uh, either. So uh, I say just keep the words, but just, tr you know, understand how we have how we are coming to use them to describe yeah. biological phenomena that we're only now becoming equipped to to discuss. Right. We didn't yeah. know about trans people or I mean, maybe we did a little bit. We were vaguely familiar, but we're only now legitimizing it as, as an actual natural phenomenon in the next in the past 10, 20 years. So. Yeah, I mean, it, I always think about Eddie Izzard, and Eddie Izzard, the British comedian and actor, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was always talked about, and talked about himself, I think, but talked about as a transvestite in the 1990s. Right. Now I'm pretty sure he identifies as transgender. I'm pretty, I'm 90% I'm, I'm sure on that. So the terminology that's come has probably made it easier for people to, un to be able to identify who they are, but also for others who don't know them to identify who they are and, and how they you know, how they identify as well, because mm -hmm. that word transvestite seem, it means it's, it feels quite a, it feels like a derogatory term right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being slightly, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is. yeah. But, but, but people who maybe called themselves that or were called that 30 years ago um, may now well be very comfortable and feel very accepted identifying as transgender compared right. to that. Yeah, the vernacular is going to change. I mean, what what are you going to do? We, uh, you know, we use words to describe things, and and these words change over time. That's how we get new languages and things, right? So, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's it's the unwillingness to have that conversation that I'm seeing from this group. You know, not the, the it's it's the alt right, and uh, it's enormously problematic. Although I'm saying that as well, I can I had an interaction with a, a colleague last week who also didn't want to have the conversation based around giving the other side, the alt-right, you might say, or whoever the other side is, too much exposure as well. Um, and I've, I've always been sort of of the opinion, not black and white, but in general, you know, more speech is better than less speech. You know, the, the, the best way to fight a bad argument is with a good argument. Now, it's not black and white. You know, I'm not going to debate someone on the pros of teenage suicide. You know, so it's not black and white at all mm -hmm. um i i do feel sometimes pushback from from the say, say the liberal side and i remember i've i've told the story before on this podcast so I, I apologize to people who've heard it before i used to work as a talkback host in new zealand 15 years ago and it was a time where there was still a debate going on around climate change and i'd phone up greenpeace and i'd say i've got this new zealand character who's writing books about how climate change is fake come on and we'll bring him on we'll have this big debate and this big conversation around it and they'd say yeah, no we're not going to come on we don't want to legitimize him and my perspective in that moment and i get i understand that but my perspective to them at that moment was i'm not where you are in this issue you know you've had the luxury and the uh, and, and the ability to hear every argument to hear the good to hear the bad and get to where you're going and it just felt a little bit like if if they're shutting down their side of the conversation that's actually doing me and others where I am at a disservice as well. Cause I want to hear it. I genuinely want to hear it. I feel like perhaps in the gender conversation that that community is, I was going to say felt so attacked, let's be honest, are so attacked, not felt, they are so attacked that, you know, having to have these debates might feel like you're having to, you know, prove why you're a valid human being and existing, but I'd like to be able to have really open and honest dialogue to, from my perspective, to learn. Cause I often think about as a broadcaster, if, if I'm sitting here wanting to understand and learn, that means there's dozens, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of other people out there who are in the same place that I am that they want to do it as well. So yeah. I can I can see, I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you, but I do also think the uh, the opposing view to the alt-right sometimes doesn't want to talk about these things as well. Maybe for very good reasons. I'm not going to challenge yeah. them. All, and, and, <clears throat> and sometimes... <clears throat> 
is not equipped with the talking points or the temperament to do it. Um, it takes thick skin because there is yeah. there's so much toxicity. So I'm with you. Uh, I'm inclined to get into the trenches, whether it's you know, whatever <laughs> the topic is, I'll, I'll get in there. Um, but I don't fault people who don't want to do it because there, there, there's a downside to it. Um, it's, it's, it's uh, once you present yourself as a figure defending something that these toxic groups oppose yeah you're a target and i've been targeted for a couple years now but honestly in the past month or two since this new thing it's just tenfold i mean it's it's really irritating and it's on a daily basis it's on an hourly basis and it just never stops and it's incredibly irritating you and and you it comes and goes and waves your ability to tolerate it. Some days you go, ah, it's an idiot. Ah, block, that's an idiot. Ah, block, that's an idiot. And some days it just really infuriates me. Um right. it, it 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 and so I would never fault somebody for just saying I'm not going to throw my hat into the ring. Um, but I do think that somebody's gotta do it. I do think people there have to be uh, as many figures as possible that are that are countering these narratives and as you said arming uh, arming like-minded people with the correct talking points so um it's a war yeah. it's a war that's happening whether you want to acknowledge it or not or whether you want to fight in it or not um but uh i don't i i wouldn't be so i wouldn't be inclined to say with confidence that we're winning so mm. we got to do something about it <laughs> and uh, whatever you can do, whatever you can do to help. It also made me just think there, yeah, it's a very interesting analogy about getting into the trenches. I'm happy to get into the trenches. As you said that, the thought that popped into my head was I, I am too, but then again, in this conversation, it's kind of not my trench. So for someone else to get into that trench, who it's a, they're a part of the community, it probably feels very different to them to have to fight that fight Whereas for me, I'm like, yeah, let's get into this argy bargy. But yeah, like I said before, people kind of having to having to fight to say I exist must be draining. And sure. I, don't, I, I don't know. I I, I hope one day. Oh, I mean, that's not really arrogant, but try, we're trying to build stuff here that we can have these conversations and have them open, honest, and be safe places as well. But maybe that's that maybe that's pie in the sky and a possible dream. Because as you say, doesn't matter what we do here in this studio or you do in your studio or whatever, that doesn't stop. The, the million trolls out there from around the world going back at that person. So that's the danger. Yeah. But I mean, look, we can look at the past. I mean, the, what trans people are experiencing right now is what homosexuals were experiencing 40, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, getting lynched. And I mean, it's, this is, yeah. and, and, uh, but society has, uh, has changed. And now uh, gay people are accept are largely accepted even by, a large proportion of conservatives. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it takes time. I know that, you know, it, it can be tough. People can get impatient. Uh, well, I mean, okay. Impatient. I mean, taller to, to be tolerated and, and accepted for, for who you are obviously is not, should not be a tall order. Um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately society does not change on a dime. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, we can, we can look at, we can look at the past to, to, feel more confident that things will will continue to move in that direction but um but we would be naive to think that it will that it will happen that way naturally it takes constant pressure from 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 uh from from activists i guess you would say or you know educators or whoever is contributing to this forward motion towards knowledge and understanding and tolerance and all of these virtues i am um... I, I want to acknowledge, I guess, the word that you used about, um, you know, talking points, because the other thing that the right seems to be very good at is going bang, 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 bang. Uh, you know, it's the gish gallop. For people who don't know what the gish gallop is, is where someone makes one statement in five seconds, that takes half an hour to unpack. So it's that idea of, you know, um, lies will go around the world three times before truth gets its pants on. Yeah. And the right is very good at going bang, 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 point, 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 point. And then someone has to unpack those points and show why they're wrong. I was talking to a gender studies professor once down here in Otago, and we had this really interesting chat about the communication between uh, the styles. And I was looking for literature, and it was hard to find the literature that I was looking for. That's why I connected with them. And the point that we kind of came to when we're talking about just, we're just chatting over the internet, was the left also the thing about the left that they always seem to in my opinion come at it from the right heart 
like this is one of the ways I'm easily swayed and easily coincide with this perspective, whatever it is, because often what the left one is what's best for someone. Often it feels like what the right one is what's best for themselves. You know, individualism, my rights, my this, my that. The left is like, are you okay? Now, I know it's not quite as black and white as that. I can't, too much of a broad painting brush. But the left arguments often come and they're quite kind of flowery and ethereal and, you know, my 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 lived experience and that kind of stuff. And the right comes with just asshole opinions. Mm-hmm. And again, it feels like maybe somewhere in the middle, not in the middle of assholes, is is where the, the truth will lie Um and how we'll find whatever that is. And I don't want to say truth like I'm not denying anybody's existence or denying anybody's experience, but, you know, to have the kind of ethereal kind of flowery language, uh, hard to nail down language and the asshole perspective, I won't even identify who you are. They, they both don't serve the purpose of the, the conversation in the end, I don't think. Sure. Yeah. I mean, on the right, it's just a propagation of lies. But on the left, I I mean, I have seen ideology eclipse facts before. That's why I made that first video, because I wanted to be even handed and I wanted to critique the left as well, because I've I've been in conversations with with somebody, you know, and they'll say like, oh, sex is a social construct. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no, it isn't. Um, that's not even that's not even uniformly true for for gender, which is a separate thing. But, you know, this is what those are the kinds of statements that gives the the right uh, kind of wind in their sails to, to to mock the left, because, you know, it, when you're when there is an active denial of, of the biological basis, of something, the chromosomal basis is something that's where they get all riled up and, and then they you know, paint with a broad brush. Um, so yes, I want the left to, to come at it, you know, in, in the right way, but, um, no, it's never as bad as just a complete denial of facts and reality that is espoused by the right, uh, many year, many or most of the times. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, um, I'm interested to th- thank you for joining us. We've, I really appreciate the chatting to you, Dave. It's been good sure. fun. Um, I, I want to let people know again more about your, um, about your site. Professor Dave Explains. I'm pretty sure as it ProfessorDaveExplains.com also goes straight here if people want to find it. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Tell me about, uh, like I'm thinking about what's Professor Dave Explains, whatever, let's say you're on version 4.0 right now, iteration 4.0. Okay. Now what is, what is Professor Dave Explains iteration 10.0 look like? Like where do you want to go? What is it going to be? What is your, like in, in your, in your best lived life? What is this, uh, what does this site look like and what does it achieve? Yeah, I mean, my goal is just to cover literally every academic subject, uh, science and otherwise. So, I mean, I, I will, I, I already have begun, but I intend to cover all the humanities and social sciences as well. Uh, you know, who knows, literature and all those things. Uh, engineering is coming at some point. Uh, all, you know, coding and computer science and, uh, you know, more oh. languages and, and uh, you know, just literally everything there is to learn over the next 40 years i'd like to cover it <laughs> uh, i'd like to be you, the the most uh the most reliable and all-encompassing self-education resource in existence that's just that's just an existence like that there's ever been sure. yeah I'd, ever. I'd, yeah that's the goal in the history of the world hey it's been uh so much fun talking to you i just want to thank you again for what you do on youtube it's the because i'm i'm dyslexic yeah and mm. i don't the the written word i i'm okay with the written word but I find that I'm one of those people that will read the written word and nothing is sunk in. So I often read out loud or I listen while I'm reading mm-hmm. and I've seen, I don't know if it's your official uh, kind of promo reel for this, but I've seen you talking about what your channel is and it says something like I, I'm paraphrasing, but I want to explain to you scientific topics and issues kind of in as fewer number of words as possible with as much information as possible and i'm just like oh praise the lord he's my friend this is what i need and so i just think it's i think it's brilliant and i love what you do and i hope more people get a chance to check it out because it's um it's very cool and 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 they get to watch the odd flat earth debunk as well which is hilarious just a little fun on the side in between learning about (laughs) physics and chemistry and biology It's it's like you know you're turning up to school every day but there's that one Friday afternoon where the teacher's gone, oh, let's just watch a movie today. You're right. That's like, yeah. the, that's like the flat earth debate. Let's just that's watch a movie it. today and enjoy it. Let's just <laughs> laugh at something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. I really Thank enjoyed you. having you on. Well. Thank you for giving us some time. Congratulations on all your successes. Congratulations on your channel. 
And um, that is Professor Dave uh, joining us in the Department of Conversation. Thanks very much.